Welcome to another message from C3 Mumbai. For more information about C3 Mumbai, please visit our website c3mumbai.com or visit our Facebook page. Big one was the why behind your want that Jesus actually sees the why behind what you want. And uh, sometimes he knows that the whys you have aren't based on the system of heaven. They aren't based on the kingdom of heaven. But sometimes the whys behind what we want are based on human concern, based on stuff of life. Who knows that life isn't easy? Has anybody learned that yet? We come into life and we think it's going to be easy when we're young and then we realize, gosh, it's really hard and things don't go right and we, get in, we can get ourselves into a mess. And I, let me tell you something, the devil knows that if he can get you into a place where you're making all your decisions based on human concern, the things of these world, this world, he can actually get you into a place where you're not living out the will of God. And Jesus saw that in Peter, in a story where Jesus actually rebukes Satan when Peter's talking to him. He says, get behind me, Satan, to Peter. Because Peter was thinking about human concerns. He was thinking about death, the death of Christ. That's what he was thinking about. But Christ, being God, wasn't so worried about death because he knew that he was life. Okay? He knew that he was life. So he rebukes not Peter, but the devil. Why does he rebuke the devil? Because he knows that the devil will use this system of the world of human concern to get you outside of what God has for you. You've got to listen to that podcast. It's up there if you, if you haven't yet. Um, and it'll, it'll help you. So, so, so when it comes to defining what our goals and, our, and our, our calling is and all of that sort of stuff, you've got to be making sure that you're hearing the Word of God for your life because otherwise what you're basing your goals on could be based on human concern versus the will of God. Week two was about Jesus' laser focus Jesus' laser focus, I mean, Jesus within three years, like, turned the whole world upside down. 2,000 years on, we are still affected by what Christ did. And he talked about, in Luke 10, three obstacles to focus. The three obstacles were, number one, comfort, the obstacle of comfort. The, the, number two was the obstacle of family. I'm going to explain this, don't worry. Obst- and the third one was the obstacle of dual focus. Who knows that the first two of these three are actually not bad things? Who knows it's nice to be comfortable? Anybody here like to be comfortable? Yeah. Nobody likes to be comfortable. Okay, okay. I'll ask again. Who here likes to be comfortable? I, I like a bit of comfort. Uh, I like to chill, relax, and be comfortable. But who knows something? That one thing that the devil wants to do is turn good things into bad things and use them against them against you when and the way he does that is he you, he turns them into the main thing of our lives when comfort becomes the main driving force for our life when our when our when our uh, our narrative when you hear what you're saying and hear what you're driving towards when you actually look at it you're like if i can just get from here to here because then i'll be more comfortable that can actually that has the it's not wrong but it has the danger it has the danger of, of causing you to lead yourself towards comfort rather than the will of God. Because who knows that sometimes being within the will of God is not <coughs> comfortable. <coughs> right? So it can become an obstacle and Jesus knew that. And when he answered, you have to read Luke 10. I'm not going to go through it because I haven't got time. But when he answers uh, this, this man that came to him, he said, foxes have holes, 
and birds of the air have nests, right? But I, the Son of God, have no place to put my head. Why did he say that? It was because of what he was born to do, because of what he was doing. It wasn't a time for comfort for him. It was a time of work. But he knew that comfort could be an obstacle. The other one was the obstacle of family. Once again, a good thing. <coughs> Who knows that family is a good thing? Yeah. Who loves their family? Yeah. <laughs> you know, and so for some of you here, like I've always wanted a family. I wish I did have what others have. Well, let me tell you something. That good thing, when it becomes the main thing, can take us outside of the will of God. You understand? That good thing, when it becomes the main driving force of our lives, that is actually shaping our, our world and shaping our decisions and shaping what we do and shaping all of our, 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 the narrative of our life, I'm telling you something, it will take you off course, just like anything else can. And Jesus knew that. That's why he addressed it in Luke 10. And then the obstacle of dual focus. Trying to keep your foot in both camps. I'll have a bit of this and then I'll have a bit of that. That's not how it works in the kingdom of God. Jesus, Jesus says to the, to the young man who he was teaching this, he says, no one who looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. In other words, you just got to keep your eye forward. You got to keep your eye forward. Dual focus. And week three, oh, who loved last week? Who loved Rachel's word last week? Huh? Didn't she do amazing? You could clap better than that. She did amazing. Smashing the precious vase. I love this sermon. I've been thinking about it all week. Smashing the precious vase. She talked about two people, two characters in the Bible, a character called Mary and a character called Judas. And she kind of juxtaposed the two. Mary came before the Lord and she had this vase that was worth um, the, the, her, you know, like a year's wages. At that time, it was, it was actually her dowry. Without, without this vase, it actually meant that she couldn't get married because she didn't, have, she didn't have anything to pass on as a gift. And she comes before Jesus and she says, what is it that I can bring to him? Because she was a broken woman. She was a broken woman. She didn't have anything to offer him. So what she does is she just gives him everything. How did she give him everything? Well, she gave him Jesus, her future. She actually gave Jesus his future, her future. By giving her dowry, she was saying, even my future is in your hand, Jesus. I don't know. I trust you. But there was a man called Judas who saw what that thing was worth and said, oh, it's, it's, it's wasteful. It's, it's wrong. She should, we, we should be selling that and giving it to the poor and all of these sorts of things. But what he was actually doing is he actually used this valuable vase as, 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 a, as an object to justify his own sin. Because the Bible specifically writes that it says there, it says that Judas said this because he was actually behind the scenes taking from the offerings. He was actually the treasure. He was Jesus' treasurer. He said it to cover up. He said the right thing to cover his own brokenness. Whereas Mary, she came to Jesus with her brokenness and gave her all. Who's it, who do you want to be? And you know, the thing is, is in life, you'll find yourself either saying the right things to cover up or coming to Jesus and just being broken completely before him and not hiding a thing. The future in Christ is in the brokenness. 
We all know what happened to Judas in the end. It's a sad, sad end. Such a good sermon, Rachel. You did so good last week. I want to hear more and more sermons this year. It's going to be awesome from Rachel. Okay. Now, we started, we started uh, a little late today, okay? I'm just letting you know because of the, um, the bicycle thing or the running thing, whatever's going on out there. I don't know. Yeah, marathon. It's the marathon. Um, so if you don't mind, I'm going to start ten, finish 10 minutes late because we started 10 minutes late because, you know, we understand, okay? So if you're okay, are you okay with that? Because I just don't want to, I just want to be praying for people. If you have to leave, if you have to leave, we won't judge you much. Uh, so, no, we won't judge you. you. If you have to go, you have to go. It's okay. Uh, otherwise, just stay. Who knows that Jesus wants to make you the right soil? What am I talking about? <laughs> you know, so often in life, we're always looking for that patch, that right place. Uh, who knows about the concept of being in the zone? Have you ever, I'm a drummer, there's one thing about musicians, and drummers are musicians, thank you Rohan, I know what you're thinking. <laughs> uh, who knows with musicians, uh, and, and maybe in your professional life you know what this is like, or maybe if you're a writer or if you're in some sort of creative thing or whether you lead teams, whatever it is you do, there's a certain zone you can get into where everything is just clicking. In music, when you're in that groove, it's the best, man. It's the best feeling. It's a really, really good feeling because it's like, wow, this is all happening. Um, you almost feel a sense of adrenaline from it. Uh, what we tend to do in life is we're always looking for that territory. We're always looking for that zone where things are kind of just working. You know what I'm talking about. Where things are just falling into place for us. And, and we always kind of hope that we can get there. We always hope that, that there would be a moment where all of this sort of falls into place. But the reality is, is it doesn't always kind of work like that. We sometimes feel like we're in the zone and then it feels like, you know, this thing and that thing happens and uh, all of the things of life that come and just kind of throw us out. And we're like, man, I was doing so well and this happened and now I feel like that and I wish it didn't happen and I'm just not in the zone anymore. You know what I'm talking about? When we talk about our goals and we talk about our dreams, the fact is, is that a lot of the time we, we, we write down our goals and the stuff we want to do with our life based on this ideal that it's all just going to fall into place. <laughs> but it's not that simple. Otherwise, we would have all have achieved every one of our goals that we've ever set in our lifetime, right? But who knows that that doesn't always happen, although it is good to set goals. I just want to talk about a few things in Matthew chapter 13 where Jesus talks about actually not worrying so much about the territory that you're in, but actually being the territory where God's blessing is. Uh, uh, it's in Matthew chapter 13. You can turn over to it. Um, and the first part is a little bit um, confusing when you're going to wonder for a moment where this is going. Um, so don't worry. I'm going to explain it. But just come with me on this. I, I need to read this first part to explain the second part. This is a parable that Jesus spoke. 
this is a story that Jesus told in order to um, uh, explain a point or to make a point. Here's the parable. Then he told them many things in parables, saying, A farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns which grew up and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil where it produced a crop. A hundred, sixty or thirty times what was sown who wants that kind of crop in their world you could be honest man you all do i know you do (laughs) where it produced a crop 160 or 30 times lord if you want to give me the 100 i'll take it i'll still take the the 60 even if it's the 30 it's still pretty good it's still better than one to one odds right And then he says in verse 9, whoever has, let them hear. Which is like, what are you saying, Jesus? That's a really obvious thing. Like, whoever has ears, let them hear. And whoever has a mouth, let them talk. And whoever knows, has a nose, let them smell. Whoever has eyes, let them see. I'm not going to go on with that. I'm just trying to think of other things, but... It just gets worse from there. (laughs) Now, if Jesus had left that there, (laughs) it would have been really confusing. It would have been really confusing. Because we can see it because even his disciples, the guys that are walking with him and doing life with him that he is teaching, they're all like, "Uh, uh, Jesus, um, you know that farmer parable you told her? Uh, I don't mean to ask. I know we're supposed to know what it's about. I know we're supposed to maybe the Spirit is supposed to speak to us because we're your disciples and all. But we we don't get it. Like, what is that parable about? Okay. So they actually ask Jesus. They have to ask him because they're like scratching their heads when he's talking about what is he talking about. So Jesus has the uh, the the grace to teach them. But this is something that Jesus did on purpose. Who knows that when you create tension and like you say things and people are like trying to think of the answer that when you actually give them the answer they're like it actually sinks in a lot further than it would if you just gave them the answer so it was like a it's actually a um a jewish um uh uh, way of teaching that jesus he because he was a rabbi and this is how the, the the jewish rabbis would actually teach okay they would create this tension and then they would answer it it's a really cool way of teaching and if you're a teacher um, you do that, you'll, you know, you'll, you'll find that you've probably done it before and uh, you know what you're doing, so I'm not going to tell you what you're doing. But uh, that's how you do it. Hey, Jess, you're a teacher, right? And so is Kate, and there's teachers in the room, so I won't make fun of teachers. Um, so, so then Jesus, in verse 18 of chapter 13, he says, in answer, he says, Listen then to what the parable of the sower means. Whoever has ears, let them hear. When anyone hears a message about the kingdom 
and does not understand it, the evil one comes and searches. I know. I just saw that. But I'm so glad that you're awake. There's a shadow on my book. The evil one comes and scratches. Just kidding, I snatches. I'm just. <laughs> the evil one comes and snatches away what was stolen in their heart. This is the seed sown along the path. Okay, so that's one. There's a seed sown along the path. Second, verse 20. The seed falling on rocky ground refers to someone who hears the word of God or hears the word and at once receives it with joy. Yay! Amazing! This is the most amazing thing I've ever heard. I feel so good. The vibes are so good in this room. It's so amazing. Wow, this is amazing. I'm going to be here all the time. This is amazing. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Okay? But since they have no root, okay, they last only a short time. And when trouble and persecution comes because of the word, because of the word that they heard, okay, <laughs> okay, they quickly fall away. It's like, where is that person gone? Well, I don't know. They've just disappeared. Then, 20, 22, the seed falling among the thorns refers to someone who hears the word, but the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth, hey, eh? what's wrong with wealth? Choke the word making it unfruitful. But, but, everybody say but. but. The seed falling on good soil refers to someone. Now hear this. The seed falling on good soil refers to someone, a person. So you become the good soil. That's the point I'm trying to make here. Someone who hears the word, understands it. This is the one who produces a crop yielding 160 or 30 times what was sown. Okay, what is Jesus doing here? Let's just break this down in a very quick time. 18 to 21. Let's call this the foot trampled seed or the seed that the foot trampled. Because it's, it's the seed that was planted in the soil that is on a path. You can imagine a seed getting planted on a pathway. You know, there's that walkway. Oh, there's tons of them. I, I can't remember the name of it, so I'm not going to embarrass myself by trying to remember in front of you. But it, anyway, I'm going to leave that analogy I was going to make just then, right there, and move on. But who knows that if you're on a pathway and you're walking and there's a lot of people walking with you, and you may not be able to walk aside, or you may, and there's a little plant there, you may accidentally squash it. And uh, if that's a seedling, if it's young enough, it'll get killed straight away because it'll snap. The, the seed, it's very fragile. It hasn't, the roots haven't gone down yet. It, 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 it needs to have the right environment. That's not the right environment. This, this, this seed, Jesus likens to a person who hears the Word of God. What am I talking about? Well, the Word of God is this. This is the Word of God, okay? All right? And it also talks about, when you look in, uh, like John, um, it talks about how Jesus is the Word of God. Jesus is the Word, okay? So we've got two references to the Word here. We've got the Bible, all right? And then we've got Jesus. Now hear this. 
They hear about Jesus, but they don't understand. So they come to a meeting like this. They don't completely understand what's going on. They're like, uh, yeah, okay, that was cool. I don't really understand what's happening here. The, the, Jesus is actually warning that person that the message of the kingdom is not going to help them if they don't understand it. Here's two things that are going to help you right now that are actually going to help you avoid misunderstanding what is going on here and in the Bible and all of this sort of stuff. Two things that are going to help you. Okay, first thing that, that causes misunderstanding in this context when it comes to talking about Christ and talking about everything that is in, within the kingdom of God, the first thing that causes people to misunderstand is assumption. Assumption. Assuming that they already know what's in here. Can I just, can I just help you? The reason we do connect groups, the reason why we do the journey, which we're, you can join at any week. We, we're on week two this year, uh, this year, this week. At any point, you can join in on that. It's not an exclusive club for, for people who have like, had the lobotomy, okay? It's not. It's just, it's just you missed my joke. You know, Rohan got it, though. You know, it's not, it's not an exclusive club for, for people who are, like, you know, being invited. You're invited, okay? What's the journey about? It explains everything. Because our, our, my, I'm very aware of the fact that a lot of people come into this place and talk about Jesus, but they actually don't understand what he said, who he was, what he was about. And when, 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 when the enemy, when the evil one, it talks about when the evil one sees that person, they don't understand it. You know what happens is like, you, you know, hold on a second. Uh, <laughs> I can see you've come into this place and you're going to get some life. You're going to get some freedom. You're going to have, you're going to get unchanged. You're going to have some bondage broken. You're going to have some stuff happen in your world that's going to change everything. You ain't having that. That's what he says. I'm going to snatch. And it says the enemy, the evil one, he snatches that person out before they can come into a place where they understand what Jesus is all about. So let me tell you something. God wants to make you the good soil. He wants to make you the person that changes territory. Wherever you are, the territory is good. You don't have to get into that territory. You're in the territory. You are the territory when you've got Christ in your world. But you've got to understand who He is. Okay, that's number one. Number two. In Matthew 13, 20 to 21. The rocky soil. The rocky soil. You know... I like to do a little bit of gardening. One thing that you've got to do with soil before you plant a seed in it, seed in it is you've got to kind of rake it out and you've got to get all the rocks out. Because if you leave rocks in there, the, the, the roots are going to come out of the seed and they're going to go, oh, I can't go any further. They don't talk. Okay, so don't, I'm just making a, a you, know, you know, but I can't go any further because there's a rock here and I can't put my roots there it's I'm not working so you know what happens it tries it tries and tries and gives up and gives up and gives up and the sun's coming and everything's happening the water's coming and it just dies it's like oh why'd my plant die did you take the rocks out of the soil oh I forgot okay this person is the person <laughs> where everything looks good on the surface level Yes, I, I, this is amazing. I like this. This is good. I love Jesus. I, 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 I think he's incredible. I, I love the teachings. It, 
Yeah, it's so true. It does apply. I've found that it applies in so many aspects of my life. But Jesus says, but when trouble comes because of the word, okay, when trouble comes or persecution, now it gets a little bit, a little bit close to the bone here, but Jesus is very real. He's not about covering things up. He doesn't sort of like cover things up. He just kind of exposes it. He says, you know, what's going to happen at some point is because of what's in here, there's somebody that's going to come into your world who's going to say something that's going to be different to this. And they are probably going to be influential in your world and it's going to cause a bit of a problem for you because all of a sudden you're going to be like, what do I believe? What do I believe? Uh, do I believe that or do I believe this? The easy thing is to keep it all surface. So you keep this person happy and you keep this person happy. It doesn't work. If there's no roots gone down and it's all surface level, beliefs for you, that means whatever territory you're going to come into, because you aren't, you aren't the good territory, because you aren't the good soil because of what you believe, you're, you're confused, you're unsure, you're conflicted inside, it's never going to work out for you. Let me tell you something. Life is not perfect. The thing is, is this, in life, whatever it is that you're writing down in your goal sheets, whatever it is that you're trying to, you're, you want to you achieve it with your calling, you are going to flourish amongst rocks. You're going you're to flourish on the pathway and get stomped and trampled and it's not going to affect you. But if you think that you don't, you can't firstly understand this and, and, and know what it's all about and secondly, try to like just keep it all surface level, it's not going to work. So Jesus is actually warning you about something that the enemy does to actually trick people into thinking that they are following Christ when really they're not. You can't keep Christ surface level. He is all about the heart. <laughs> He's all about what's going on deep down in the, in the, in the depths of our, of our world. And he, he, he's all about the, like healing us at that level and helping us and, and showing us and all of that kind of surface level peace that you would like to have. It all comes from within as you actually seek him out and search him out and understand who he is and what he's about and actually begin to live according to his will. So we got the first one. The foot trample seed the rocky soil seed. Then we got the third one, the seed amongst thorns, which is in Matthew 13, 22. The seed falling among the thorns refers to someone who hears the word, but the worries of life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word, making it unfruitful. Who knows that wealth is a good thing? But who knows one thing about wealth? It can deceive you both ends of the scale, whether you've got it or not. <laughs> okay it can it can deceive you when you get to a place where you've got it because you can go oh i've got this resource here that can buy pretty much everything and uh god i needed you back there to help me get here but now that i'm here i don't need you so much and that's where wealth deceives you it makes you think that you don't need anything but who knows that there are a lot of hospitals filled with really wealthy people who cannot do anything with, about the state that they are in. Looking at death, looking at the end of their lives, and they can't do a thing about where they're at. 
No money will buy anything for them because wealth deceives you. It makes you think that you're in control. But when the reality is if you look at life holistically, you're not in control. You're not in control. And at the other end of the scale, wealth can deceive you and you're like, if I can just get there, if I can just get there, if I can just get there, if I, I don't have this and I don't have that and I don't have... And we can be constantly looking at what we don't have rather than who we are and who God has made us and what He has put inside of us and, and, and the things that He wants to speak to us about. So, so the worries, the deceitfulness of life, of, uh, the deceitfulness of wealth and then the worries of this life is the other one. You know, in worry, worry is a moment where we actually will see what we truly believe. What you are worried about is actually based on what you truly believe. Like if you're worried about not having enough when you are going through life, it's because in the depths of your heart, you truly believe that God is not going to provide for you. That's why you're worried. But when you, are, but when you are not worried and you're moving forward, even though you don't know whether you've got the right resources yet and you don't know whether or not it's all going to work out, but you've heard God and He's speaking to you and you're, you're, you're following His calling and you're, and you're just taking step by step uh, and, and you're not worried about that, it's because you know that He's got your back. What you're worried about What's your worry? The worries of your world only come from what you believe. And they will shake you at your core. And, 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 and th- 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 this can be a thorn that chokes out the Word of God in your life. It chokes it out. Chokes it out. So there's the three, the three things. There's the foot trample. There's the rocky soil. There's a seed among thorns. But then there's Matthew 13, 23. But the seed falling on good soil refers to someone who hears the word and understands it. You know what needs to be the main thing in your world before anything else? Before you do anything, it needs to be this. Not, not because it makes you a good person by reading the Bible. You know, and not because you're a better person just because, and God looks at you and smiles because, oh, look at him. He's made the effort to read the Bible. It's not about that. It's not about that at all. What it's about is understanding what this book says. When you actually begin to understand it and you're confronted by what you believe, what this says, what you know, and as you begin to see Christ in all of this, it's, it's, it's like it's a really happy time. And at the same time, it's a really difficult time. It's like, oh, uh, I don't know what, I don't know uh, what, I need to make a decision. Like Jesus is like, make a decision, and you've got to make a decision. But that is, that is the place where you start to come into being that soil. That no matter where you stand, no matter if, if you're, you know, so, too many people are saying, if my circumstances were just different, if I could just have been born into this family, if I could just have this, if I could have had that, oh, look at that person and look what they got. Oh, yeah, they, had, they succeeded in that startup, but you know, what they, you know what they had in the beginning, right? You know who their dad was. You know who this, you know who that, blah, 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 blah. Let me tell you something. You're the good soil. When you begin to work out the fact that Christ is in you, the creator of the world, you become the soil that no matter where you're planted, and I speak this over this city. 
Because there are some people in this city who have been planted into situations that are way worse than ours. But Christ, if he gets on the inside of them, will, will actually cause them to succeed. He'll actually cause you to succeed where you're at. Stop, some of you need to stop trying to get to that territory. Where, oh, I just need to get here. That woe is me thing in the depths of our hearts. No, just, you know what you need to say? I don't believe that. I believe in one thing, it's the Word of God. You've got to understand it. You can't understand the Word of God and not know it. It's like a mystery of the Bible. This book will flip everything up on the inside of you. Jesus will come into your world. He just like turns everything upside down. But it's a good thing. It's an amazing thing. Because he's like, okay, well, I'm, I'm, I'm now in charge here. Well, I'm going to start cleaning out the junk. I'm going to throw out that. I'm going to throw out that. And I'm going to throw out that belief. And you're like, oh, ooh, ah, mm, Jesus, what's going on? I thought this would be easy. I thought this would be something that would be nice. I thought the feelings would be, I don't feel good right now. It's like I'm confronted with that person. I have to say sorry. I have to say sorry to them. What, I have to forgive that lady? Oh, my God, do you know what she did to me? You know, who? I mean, they, they did this and that, and I, I, have to, I have to what? I have to go to that meeting? I don't want to go to that meeting. I have to go to church every Sunday? I don't want to go to church every Sunday. The journey series. Who wants the journey, the journey, the journey? They're always talking about the journey. What's the journey? <laughs> what's God doing he's wanting to turn you into that soil that no matter where you're planted you will succeed amen come on let's give God a clap <laughs> you become the fruitful soil when you begin to understand what's in this book you you become the fruitful soil and others would be like, I don't know why, but whatever they put their hand to, it's producing 60 times what they were doing before. What is it you got? Jesus. Oh, what? Jesus. Oh, look at him. He's a happy, clappy Christian. Oh, another one of those born again. He's the born again. <laughs> well, I'm sorry. It's working. When you come in and you know what the Bible says, you know what the Word says, this is why we've got to start our days with this. The mornings. Prayer and the Word, it will help you. It will help you so much. But because you become the soil, you begin, no matter where you walk, you actually sanctify the territory. Let me tell you something. Oh, I've got way over time and I wanted to pray for everyone. We're going to pray in a moment. You know, when, when in the beginning, in the beginning, let's go right back, right back to Genesis. In Genesis, when Adam and Eve sinned, You've you got to know something. <clears throat> Jesus didn't, I mean, Jesus, I mean, it was Jesus. It was God the Father and the Holy Spirit. But God the Father, he didn't curse Adam. I don't know if you know this. He didn't say, cursed are you, Adam. He said, cursed is the ground because of you. Cursed is the ground because of you. That's what he said. Cursed is the ground. I haven't got time to show it to you. You can look it up for yourself. But he says, cursed is the ground because of you and what you've done. And it's only going to be through painful toil that this soil will produce fruit. But Jesus comes 
dies on the cross, removes the curse. He removes it. In other words, when you begin to understand what Jesus was all about, and you begin to walk in Him, and stay in Him, and avoid these things that I've gone through, and know that these are things that are going to take you off course, the curse is removed by your walking. You become the sanctifying force because the power of God is living up on the inside of you. You're the fruitful soil. We saw a glimpse of it when Moses was speaking to the, to the burning bush. And, Jesus, and God said, remove your sandals because where you're standing is holy ground. It was the first time the ground was cursed and now it was being made holy by the presence of God. The ground in front of you, it's cursed. It's cursed. But because God is on the inside of you, it's holy. It's blessed. It will multiply. You will be fruitful. And, and some of you, you know, I get too many people. I don't mind it. I'll do it. I'll pray for lots of people. People ask me, Pastor, 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 pray for me. 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 Oh, yeah, pray for you. Okay, cool. I love doing it. I love it because it gets me, it gets me to get to, I get to know people and I, I, I get to love on people. But let me tell you something. My prayers are going to do nothing for you if you don't understand, don't understand who you are in Christ, that you, with the power of God inside of you, have exactly the same anything that any pastor on any stage would have. You, when you have invited Jesus in, in, into your world, wherever you stand, the ground is made holy. Whether it be in business, whether it be out in the, in the field, wherever you are at, in the industries that you work amongst, that ground becomes holy, becomes sanctified. C3 Mumbai is a church in the heart of India's commercial capital, where a diverse group of people brought together to worship God and to pass on the hope of salvation by grace that we freely received. For more information about C3 Mumbai, please visit our website c3mumbai.com or visit our Facebook page. Follow us on Instagram or tweet us on our handle at C3Mumbai. Hey, it's Ryan here. If you enjoyed this message and you live in Mumbai, we would love to meet you in person. Why don't you come along 11.30 a.m. Studio 10 at Famous Studios in Mahalakshmi.